Michael Adamides is all about living a prosperous life that is filled with love and joy. And that is how it is when we reconnect with our essential nature. Michael has worked for more than 20 years helping people to do just that. His presentation is uplifting, insightful and transformative, some of which will communicate directly to the unconscious mind. In this episode, we discuss breathwork, rebirth and meditation. The conversation naturally evolves into deeper self-discovery, love and relationships. Michael is a true yogi at heart and he shares from his direct experience of his own life, as well as what he has learned from our enlightened masters. Michael, I just want to say welcome. Welcome to the Lionheart Podcast. I am a little breathtaking at being in your home today, surrounded by rainforest, and I can still smell and hear the ocean. It's just beautiful and it's relaxing. I guess it's very conducive to your message. Thank you, Jenny. It's a pleasure to have you here. And this home's our dream. It's something that we have been uh, thinking about for a long time, and our intent has. Um, manifested it for us so we feel very blessed to be living in paradise well it's all about living consciously and with yes. awareness and you you've created amazing an amazing space and, and that takes me to breathing it is something we all do when we're alive yes. so clearly it brings life into our being and a lot of your work revolves around the breath doesn't it yes yes breathing is significant to the work I do. Breathing is one of those things that people take for granted. Mm. It's both conscious and unconscious, voluntary and involuntary. We breathe almost continuously and we're not even aware of it. We have the ability to change the way we breathe and change how it, where we're breathing in, in our body. And by breathing consciously, the quality of the breath changes and it has a deep therapeutic effect and a very deep meditative effect. So breathing is the bridge between the physical and the metaphysical. And so some of the benefits of becoming conscious of the breath, can you share some of those and maybe even a little example? Well, the breath, breath works on four levels. Uh, on a physical level, it has a physiological benefit in that it enables you to energize yourself and to release toxins out of the body. So it has a physical therapeutic effect just purely through breathing. And I believe that it's possible to heal almost all illness through breathing. Again, it requires training and it's a relatively advanced technique, but absolutely breathing is the first step in a lot of healing. The second is emotional. Through breathing, you can calm your emotions. So if you're feeling quite upset, angry about something, sad or afraid, then focusing on the breath and taking 10 deep, long, slow breaths through the nose can harmonize and enable you to reduce the intensity of that emotion. On the other side, by using another breathing technique, and in this instance through the mouth, you can actually induce 
emotional states. And you can bring emotion that has been repressed in your body to the surface and you begin to experience it. And it becomes a mechanism for emotional release. On the third level, the mental level, by breathing, you can also centre, calm, and enable yourself to think more clearly, to let go of mental confusion. So if you're in a situation where you're feeling quite stressed or mentally needing to, you know, confused and you don't, can't get your thinking straight, then focusing on your breath, in this instance particularly breathing through the nose and visualising the breath coming up to your forehead is a wonderful technique for centering and focusing your attention. And then on the fourth level, because the first three were physical, emotional and mental, on the fourth level, I would call this the energetic spiritual level. And on the energetic spiritual level, through breathing, you're able to shift gears and go from a perspective where you see yourself as separate to a perspective where you can see yourself connected. An example would be, I'm looking at my hand and I have four fingers and a thumb and imagine I'm the index finger and I'm looking at the others and I would see four other individual entities and that would be the way most of us see ourselves. But by breathing and shifting gears, I, I change from being a finger to being the hand and suddenly I see, aha, I am part of something greater just as they are part of something greater and that greater thing is what belongs to all of us. We are all part of that. And so we can keep shifting frequency and initially I can see the other as being part of me and then I can shift even more and I can see all humanity as being part of me, all living things being part of me, all are of the planet Earth being part of me and all physical reality being part of me. It's a process. And in order to go to that level and shift frequency, I have to deal with the density that sits in my psychology and my physical body. And this density fundamentally is something I've inherited. I haven't created it. I haven't set it up. It is a destiny and inheritance. Being a human, it's part of the journey of being human. So breathing, learning to breathe consciously helps us detoxify physically, yes. helps us release unwanted Emotions. emotional patterns, helps us to have clarity on a, on a psychological mental, which would be, I guess, stress massively, stress reducing or eliminating stress. And then it helps us to realise ourselves as one with all life or one with all existence. existence. Absolutely. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah, breath is the winner. Breath is amazing. <laughs> I mean, we, we were given this massive gift to be alive yes. on this planet. And to me, what you've just described is really being alive. Yeah, no, it's a winner. It's, a, it's amazing. It's like the truth is simple and yes. breathing is so simple and it doesn't require anything as far as um, resources 
or purchasing. It just requires you to breathe through your nose with awareness. Immediately changes everything. If I go into a deep a meditation, there's something I don't want to do while I'm driving, but breathing, paying attention to breathing and taking that breath like you just showed me, I can do anywhere, anywhere anytime. anytime. We're programmed to succeed. We're programmed to eventually transcend above all this. It takes a tremendous amount of effort to keep us off balance. Mm. So something that is so natural, so simple, and so, I say natural, I can't emphasise that enough. So easy because it happens without us even thinking, which is, I'm kind of leading to the, the next question is, why is it that so many of us are so unaware of it or why do we forget so quickly the gift and the value of what what is surrounding us? It's the nature of the mind. Mm. The mind is an instrument for survival on the physical level and the mind is uh, programmed to do. And so the mind is a mechanism for achieving things, uh, doing things, structuring things, building things. And so the mind has become so conditioned that it expects things that you have to do something in order to achieve something whereas with breathing what it ultimately requires is being still and doing nothing and so it is actually opposite in its effect (laughs) to the mind the mind doesn't want to do that (laughs) no the mind always wants to be busy Mm. our greatest addiction is thinking we can't stop thinking Our second greatest addiction is eating. And so then we have all the various other addictions. You can have sex addiction, a love addiction, a work addiction, an exercise addiction. You can have substance addictions and things like that. But they pale in comparison to the addiction to the mind. But these addictions that you refer to, are they sort of the patterns that you described in the emotional, mental realm that, they are the um, symptoms of the pattern. Symptoms of the pattern. So breathing can help relieve. Absolutely. Yeah. Breathing is one of a number, but I would say a number of ways of doing it. But breathing is the, the simple and most immediate. Another one is uh, present time awareness, mm. you know, just being aware, mm. a la Eckhart Tolle, who talks about mm. the power of now. And so being present in this moment and aware of this moment, that is a powerful mechanism for entering this other state. Fasting is another mechanism, which is you know, not eating. There are various meditation techniques. There are movement techniques. But fundamentally, it all boils down to how can I stop the process of thinking? That's what it all boils down to. How can I focus my attention on something that doesn't require a thinking process, i.e. I'm just aware of this moment. To be aware of this moment really is to take your awareness to what you feel in this moment. Mm -hmm. To be aware of it is a feeling thing. For breathing, it's to be aware of the breath entering your nose, going out of your nose, being aware of the breath just moving in and out of your body. Now, they're simple, everyday, meditative techniques. And this is what you teach, isn't it? You teach people how to breathe consciously. My destiny is to cut people's heads off 
and it's a metaphor. It's a metaphor. It means to help you rise above the programmed mind, your ego. That's just a metaphor for rising above your ego. My major emphasis is rising above the ego, rising above your conditioned mind, rising above the inherited pain that sits in the cellular memory of your body, rising above the epigenetic effects that you've inherited through the chromosomes in your body. And the breathing is one mechanism for doing that. And I've just found it to be the most effective mechanism because my background, uh, although I was born in Australia, my parents are Greek and I've had a considerable emotional burden to deal with. The pain of my mother when she was two, losing her mother, my father when he was 11, having his mother and father break up, leaving their homes, coming to Australia, going through the war, tremendous amount of family pain so the emotion was very sensitive i was very sensitive to the emotion and through a set of circumstances i was introduced to the breathing technique very early on and it has proved to be the most transformational remarkable technique for dealing with all of this emotional stuff and so i've really basically spent 40 years working with the breathing and breathing myself through and supporting other people and understanding the nature of breath. So from a breath work perspective, the breath is used as a mechanism to detox or to release the emotional and physical patterns that sit in your body memory. From a meditation technique, anapana meditation, the breath is then used as a way of calming the mind, of stopping the mind, of being centered in the moment. So there is a spectrum in the way you can use the breathing from being focused on the breath and being very, very still to being very active with the breath and basically um, expressing a whole lot of emotion that's there and it depends on the need of the person and it depends on their ability at the time because I don't I'm not here to frighten people and I'm not here to push people into things that are deeply uncomfortable but there's a point where someone in their journey realizes they have to go to a place that feels uncomfortable in order to release it so they can be comfortable that's the chop the head off part. That's the chop the head off part. <laughs> as long as it's nice and swift and <laughs> that's it, the guillotine. Fum. Fum. And, and 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 then all this density you refer to, like the dense body, can be just released, and then yes. we experience this this yes. light body, this yes. liberation, perhaps freedom. Yes, yes, yes. Well, we're meant to be happy. We're meant to yeah. succeed. Say hello to happiness. Say hello the title to happiness. of your book. I yeah, get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is our destiny. It's taken a considerable effort over an extended yeah. period of time to create the angst that exists for so many people. Yeah. You know, the universal intelligence has never been out of control, has never will be, and uh, is not at this moment. Everything is operating according to universal laws. But the fundamental underlying basic thing is that life is in harmony and that life is benevolent 
it is the neurotic mind that has thrown us out of kilter. Life as such does not have problems. The problems exist in our perspective of life. And I love how you mentioned earlier too about the collective consciousness. And so for each of us who lift our own frequency, it helps others as well, doesn't it? Absolutely. And that's, yeah, absolutely. We're not doing this for ourselves, so to speak, or so we are. We're doing it for the collective. It's all like we all, with it, how we're affecting those around us. The idea is physician, heal thyself. Mm. So in the process of healing myself, in the process of bringing harmony for myself, I have a resonant effect yes. on the greater sense of self because it's like the hundredth monkey. The universe is a hologram. And a hologram, if you ever saw, see a picture that's a holographic image, say, for instance, you have a holo two, a holographic image and an everyday image, and both of these images are exactly the same in that there's a tree and a person. Now, with the everyday image, if you cut that in half, one half would be a tree, the other half would be a person. In a holographic image, if you cut that in half, both halves would be a tree and a person. All that would occur is that we'd just be at a lower density, a lower pixel rate, and cut it again, and it would be still a person and mm. a tree because every single pixel in that image, and it may be several million pixels to make up that image, is a person and a tree. So the universe is a hologram. Every single one of us is a pixel in the overall picture. So if one pixel brightens, it has a brightening effect for all the surrounding pixels. It's called the resonance. Mm -hmm. And so ultimately transformation on a macro level only occurs through resonance. So if you're trying to, you can never fix anyone. You can never heal anyone. You could be a guide and support someone to fix and help themselves, but ultimately everyone has to become their own creator and their own healer. And the best way I help others is by helping myself. Well, that's integrity too, isn't it? It is integrity. <laughs> Experience and integrity. I often hear you refer to the term rebirth. Yes. Is that the outcome of a breathing technique? Is that what you refer to? A, a rebirth or a rebirthing breathing experience is a term that was coined by Leonard Orr in the 1970s. And Leonard Orr is an American personal development healer, trainer, and he believed as he was working through the process of breathing that it was necessary to go back to your time of birth and deal with what was called your birth script, which was the destiny that you were born into. And by dealing with that, you would, in effect, heal all this unresolved stuff. And there's a tremendous benefit in that. So experiencing the birth script, for those who have a need for it, is a massive liberating thing. But a lot of people will have issues that may not necessarily have anything to do with their birth. And these issues come from other places. They come through a genetic thing that we've inherited. They come from a karmic, psychic aspect of ourselves. And so the 
breathing and going back to your birth was a partial understanding. And as a consequence, you would call that rebirthing. But it's more to it. We're really so, multidimensional, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. and you don't, and you can, you can be doing a whole lot of stuff and you don't need to go back to your birth. Mm-hmm. But most people probably do. Still, it just sounds to me like a new beginning, you know, a race is sort of a transformation, time for change. So when we change our inner world, then the outer world will change. I mean, that's inevitable, isn't it? Yeah, well, the term rebirth has... Um, other connotations mm. in that uh, being reborn mm. and it's a new beginning, mm. it's a transformation. Yeah, so there's, there are other things with it. I, I prefer to call it a breathwork technique, a breathing mm. technique, or if I do say breathing, rebirthing, I will usually call it a rebirth breathing technique to clarify that it's a breathing technique that's being used rather than some other process. So you work a lot with breath work and personal transformation, but you also do a lot with relationships and love. Well, you see, relationships, an intimate relationship, I believe, is the rocket ride to enlightenment. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about it. (laughs) Because there is Mm. nothing else of an intimate relationship with someone you love to bring up all your incompletions. Is that is that because why my husband he just pushes my buttons and <laughs> is that what you mean? And yeah, I go, yeah, yeah. oh, what's happening in you here now? Works, yeah, yeah, it's both ways. Yes, you push of his course. And, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Because it's the intimacy of the relationship that allows you to release your external persona and now the more vulnerable child part of you is exposed and on a systematic level uh, it's only with an intimate other that you reveal that because we have a public persona and then we have a private persona and the private persona is both resourceful and unresourceful but often that private persona is kept private and only your immediate family would see it and and because they're continually connecting, then you're being activated. So the reason why I worked with relationships was because I needed it. Everything I've done has been out of a sense of my own need. Everything I've learned. <laughs> I don't think you're alone, though, <laughs> with that one, no. when it comes to healing relationships and yeah, especially yeah. intimacy and love. Yeah, yeah, no, well, that's it. Look, it's a universal thing, but I could specialise in career, but yes. career hasn't been the thing I've specialised in, but relationships have been the thing I've specialised in, and breathing and emotional release work has been the thing I've specialised in, because this is where my greatest need lies, and as I've pursued the place of healing my greatest need, it's also given me direction as to my life mission. And so this is where I go. This is where I need the greatest work. And so as I head in that direction, I realise, wow, um, this is where I have the skills in supporting others. Deeper connection with their loved ones. Deeper connection with their loved ones. More transparency. An intimate relationship with others is really about withdrawing your projection, which means. There is no one out there. I'm only ever talking to myself. And so the things I can't deal with or stand in my partner are the unresolved things in myself. 
And so if I'm aware of that and I can go forward with that in a measured and conscious sort of way, I can then use that experience to heal myself. But what happens for most people is that the intensity of the experience between the intimate other is so raw that it almost throws you into a survival thing and you're just drowning in the intensity of it and then it's very easy to make the other person responsible Mm. for it and then what occurs is you're just reinforcing the pattern rather than releasing the pattern so the dance in a relationship with someone is both a connection and some space so it's like the tides the tide comes in the tide goes out we have this sense of intimacy and closeness and then we need a little bit of space apart then we come back again a little space apart and that is a dance that occurs with your partner without there's no sense of rejecting them or moving out of the house or doing it's just a matter of there's a time when there's a lot of emotion and intensity in the relationship and then there's a little bit more space and then I've also got to ensure that I'm taking care of my own individual needs as well as the relationship needs. So it's a, a play and if I do that, it makes the relationship easier to manage. But the greatest challenge in my life has been intimate relationships. And that space that you refer to, that just feels so important to me. And it's not just a physical space, is it? It's a, a space on many levels because I feel like sometimes in relationship there's this entanglement and it all gets a little bit intense. And I know I've been there myself and it's kind of like, it's hard. It's really hard. And then to feel a sense of space, or perhaps disentanglement, then it's like two individuals can be way more present with each other. and give And giving. I'm speaking now from, I guess, my yeah. own learning, yeah. <laughs> growing with my my relationship. Um, but, yes, this space, I just didn't really see it that way, but it really is. It's really important, this space. It's very important. A relationship is three entities. The three entities are my needs, my partner's needs, and the relationship's mm. needs. And so all three need to be met. And ideally that... I have a life where I can go out and do things that are purely for my benefit or for me. My partner can go off and do things that are purely for her benefit. And then we have time together and we share. Now, exactly how that works and the mix is individual. It's really a negotiation. It's either consciously negotiated where you sit down and work it out or you work it out intuitively that when we come together, there is a lot more joy in the coming together for both of us. There's a lot more choice Yeah. as well. Choice, presence, choice. It's it's conscious. Yeah, and so you make a decision. You make, And and I believe it's good to systematise it, for me at least, in that on a Wednesday morning I go off surfing with some friends and on a Tuesday afternoon she connects with her circle of friends. And so there is a a kind of times when we're spending together and there's times when we're spending apart and it's reasonably regular. Again, you're just making it all sound so simple. Well, the point is it takes a long time to let it go, but ultimately it is simple. It is simple. The truth is simple. And the truth is simple and easy. 
And if it's not simple and easy, it's either a lie or confused. And so the, the universe has set the game up to be simple. The only reason it's complicated is because we're caught up in the projection of the ego. And the mind only has three purposes. It's only trying to do three things. One is to stop us from feeling unworthy. Two is to protect us from being unsafe. And three is to keep us away from the feeling of being alone. So the whole ego paraphernalia is all about protecting ourselves from being unworthy, unsafe or alone or a combination of those three. When you refer to the mind in that sense, you are referring to the ego mind. There's way more to the mind. The ego, the mind and the personality, in my understanding, are all the same. The ego, so, the mind, the personality. Yeah, so the ego mind and personality. And there is no such thing as a mind. There is no such thing as an ego. And <laughs> yes, I, I appreciate that, that it's a, an illusion, a, a, a creation. It is. A, it's a projection. Mm. But what an it identity. is is, yeah, if you understand mind, mind, there is no such thing as mind. There is minding. There is think, there's no such thing as a think, there's thinking. So what happens is mind only exists while a thought is in process. Stop a thought processing, mind doesn't exist. We go to awareness. We go to awareness, mm -hmm. it's something else. Mm -hmm. So there is, it's like there is no such thing as walk. There is a process called walking. There is no such thing as mind. It really should be minding. So it's like it's describing a process of thinking. And so as soon as you stop the process of thinking, another level of awareness opens. So you still are aware, but it's not the cognition is now not being driven by survival impulses. It's coming from a heightened Awareness. Yes. Creation. Yes, it's coming from another place. That's so It's beautiful. actually given to you. You don't even have to think. No. And if you stop thinking and stop doing, it's there. It actually happens. But that requires a massive effort to yes. get to the point of where you don't have to make an effort. Yes. So it's a paradox. So it's 20 years of focused hard work, a loaded term, but 20 years of focused effort to get to the point of now knowing no effort is required. I wonder if we could speed that up for our listeners. <laughs> I think that's my mind, isn't it? Trying it is, to it is, say it is, that. It is. Um, the more you try and speed it yeah. up, the more you slow it down. Yeah, I, I, for those who perhaps are new to meditation and breath work, just to. Well, it's simple. All you do is make your life work now, be happy. Mm. And so the simple solution is focus on your breathing. If you're in a situation where you feel distressed, uh, overwhelmed, a little confused, then just take your attention to breathing through your nose. Breathe 10 times through the nose, in and out deeply. That's wonderful. And that's a great place to start. That's a great place to start. And then keep saying to your mind, um, I zero that thought. That part's actually so easy and so simple. It's remembering to do it when the overwhelm kicks in or the confusion kicks in, isn't it? Or perhaps the trigger. It is very difficult to do it when you're triggered. And so the key with this is to do it after the effect of the 
trigger has subsided, then you need to examine yourself and say, why was I so emotionally hooked into that? If you can work out why you were emotionally hooked into that, then you have commenced the process of reducing the effect of that emotional hook. And each time you bring yourself back to examine why did I feel like that, you actually lessen its impact. But if you go the other way and think, oh, well, so-and-so is uh, really stupid and they don't know what they're doing and they're giving me a hard time or they missed out on something, then you're actually reinforcing that pattern. But if you can go the other way, then you will reduce its effect. And it's like sun shining on an iceberg. And so you're melting the iceberg. It's really a self-responsibility as opposed to disconnecting. Well, responsibility, it needs to be understood in that the only reason you take responsibility because it's the mechanism to heal yourself. Mm. And so responsibility does not imply that you are a cause. No, of course not. All it implies that the solution to my problem will not be found by changing external circumstances. The solution to my problem will be found by changing the way I feel or think about it. And the way I respond. That's it. My ability to respond. You know, it's really important what you're saying now because it often is perceived to mean that it's some, if I'm responsible, then it's my fault and not somebody else's. It's not about that level of thinking. No. Blame and separation, responsibility is simply an ability to respond. Responsibility. To be in the moment and yeah. to choose either a, a connected unity kind of consciousness yeah. or a, another. But it, ha, it, isn't, it has been, I feel, a bit confusing out there. I've, I've seen. Oh, it's very confusing. It is. Most but, people misunderstand responsibility but it's very powerful once it's understood for what it really is well responsibility is not um, if you wish to heal yourself it's not a choice Mm. responsibility is the mechanism by which you will ultimately resolve the issues because responsibility requires you to look inward Mm. that's what responsibility is saying responsibility doesn't say take the blame or carry a greater burden Responsibility ultimately is saying, look inward. That's what responsibility says. Whereas if there's no responsibility, your attention isn't inward, your attention is outward. So the, you use another word and say, be self-reflective. So if you're self-reflective, you'll automatically be responsible. It's very empowering. And it means we're creating our own. It really fits in with that truth of creating our own experiences, realities, nothing's happening to us. We're not victims, are we? (laughs) Well, things are happening to us. We are victims. But we have an ability to respond. We have an ability to respond and take us out of being a victim. Yes, yes. That's it. Ultimately, our destiny is not to be a victim. Hmm. But the universe is a feedback mechanism. And what it does to victims is it kills them. And so the, the universe is systematic. <laughs> not even that. No, it's like a sand blasting. Mm. And it's a million little cuts that erodes your vitality, your health, yes. your confidence, your yes. self-esteem. Wow. 
And so you gradually lose your spark. And we're not living the life we're meant to live, happy no. and joyful and alive. No. We're living in stress and, as you say, survival. Yeah, and so you get reaction. worn out. Yes, exhausted. And then, yeah, and when your death comes, it's a relief. Oh. Because you're so exhausted by the effort. Michael, I think that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> isn't it? When death comes and heaven is really here, it doesn't come after we die, it's no, here it now. It has to be here. The, the mind you die on is the mind you'll be reborn into. Mm -hmm. That's a basic mm. Buddhist tenet. That's actually brought us back to the beginning of yes. our conversation. Yes. And also, again, it's all given a whole new perspective and truth around rebirth and what we're born in and what yes. and how we can yes the mind we're work. born into is the the mind that we died in the previous life and the mind we die with will be the mind we'll be reborn into and if we can go without a mind then we won't need to be born back into this life but just to take that a little further now we're stepping into consciousness here and mind as an aspect of consciousness and ultimately what are we i mean what is who are we who who are, what are we who are we what am i what i'm not I? the mind and i'm not this body because i still continue when this body no, dies so when you speak of this death and birth cycle it really just brings me to this next level of beyond mind consciousness well what, what happens is there are um, levels to look at when you examine who you are. So at the most fundamental level, let's look at us as a material entity. And so on the physical level, what we are is a combination of two things. We are a combination of a physical body and an energetic body. And so the physical body and the energetic body are connected through six plugs, which are called chakras. Mm. And the chakras plug the energetic body into the physical body. And so this physical body has a beginning, a middle and an end. This physical body will perish in time. That is the nature of the physical reality. This energetic body is the thing that will continue. You could call that the soul. And it will come back and reconnect to another energetic body. Yeah. And so we are going through a series of physical bodies and reconnecting the energetic body back into these physical bodies over a history of many thousand years in a human form. The purpose of this is the refinement of the energetic body as it increases itself in frequency it becomes clearer and clearer and clearer and clearer until you can be in your physical body and have a direct conscious awareness of the energetic body once you've achieved that then there is no need to come back into a physical body and so what occurs is your energetic body then goes into another realm of existence that continues for another cycle. It's now called your causal body. And you go through a sense of existence through that. And eventually, there's a point where your energetic body merges with the mainframe and you become another pixel in the universal mind lattice that is the great intelligence that holds very existence together so in effect we are 
embryonic elements of the creative force. And we're going through this physical existence in order to refine the energetic field to get it to a frequency where we then merge with the greater mind or the greater field, not even mind, the greater field. Source Source. creation, Mm, divine. So there's lots of different ways. But at the end of the day, all that is very theoretical. The simple thing is how can I be physically active and happy and okay in my body and healthy? How can I have a relationship with my intimate other and find love and have an open connection? And how can I find meaning and purpose in my life according to my own values and definitions? So in other words, you know, how can I find peace within myself? That's basically what I need to focus on. Mm. Don't worry about the other levels because I can spend a lot of time thinking about the metaphysical and often it becomes a mechanism for avoiding the physical. And often people make the physical wrong or dense or inferior to the metaphysical when the whole idea of physical and metaphysical is a mind construct anyway there is no separation there is only connection so if i have any part of my existence that i have rejected then i am rejecting every part of my existence in a sense so i just have to don't even think about acceptance or rejection how can i just make practical things in my life work my health my finances the place where i live and the relationships i find myself in that's all i have to focus on do that and this other thing will automatically be taken care of it does because when there's peace and harmony what comes is the heaven on earth like we mentioned before yes and creation be aware of the potential that's beyond the physical but but stay present here and enjoy this physical life. Yeah, make the physical work. Because this is where heaven truly is. You've got to make it work and, now. Yeah, and enjoy it. Yeah, that's it. Wow, sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah, sounds, sounds, sounds good. And how you got to do it? It's amazing. a journey of 20 years at least. It is work. <laughs> to me, inner work is so worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the, the outcomes, the results, however, what comes from it is just so, I don't, really believe or feel like I can be here without it otherwise what's the point I'm not really here (laughs) I mean that false identity like you described before the patterns and the psychological cycles and not actually present to the beauty that is in this world yes that's true that's right out that I'm looking out the window now at that that amazing tree yes and if I wasn't too caught up in my mind thinking I don't even notice it and that's it's a shame to miss the beauty of life, isn't it? Or be in the moment. To be in the moment. Yeah. And you're running some amazing workshops in this incredible environment. Yes, yes. yes. We've got coming. one coming up in um, April. It's the Love and Power Weekend workshop. We, spe- we focus on love and power. Love is a metaphor for mother and power is a metaphor for father. And, yes, mother can be powerful and father can be powerful. And father and mother, they're just metaphors. It's the masculine and feminine. Masculine implies uh, assertive and feminine implies receptive. It doesn't have to be 
a man or a woman, both all men and women have both assertive and receptive Mm -hmm. elements to themselves. And so it's looking at the nature of love. It's looking at the nature of power. It's looking at the way your mother and father's personalities are influencing your personality. It's understanding that love is um, ultimately granting beingness or acceptance and that power is the ability to maintain my position in space, the ability to maintain my position in the space I occupy. It's the ability to be authentic. That's what power is. And love is the ability to surrender. And in order to surrender, it requires trust. It's a big deal. And, and just, a, just a little big deal, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in order to be authentic is also the ability to understand who you are, why you're here and where you're going. And that is an individual decision and you will discover it for a particular stage in your life and then after a period of time it usually requires reinterpretation because each stage of your life brings another level to who you are and what you're here and what's going on. It's continually evolving process and so it's where have my mother and father stopped being authentic is it couples you work with only or this one is only this is for couples or singles it's not a relationship yes there's another course i clarify because it is about the self-work yeah yeah this is this course love and power is the relationship with myself i have another course Mm. it is called creating loving relationships and that is the relationship with an intimate other. Mm. So these two are kind of a pair. So you do either of those. It doesn't matter which order you do them in. One is the relationship with yourself and the other one is mm. the relationship with your intimate other. Mm. And they both overlap mm. and we look at different things. How long do they go for? Like, mm. It goes from uh, Friday evening at 6.30 to right okay. through till Sunday, yeah, weekend till 4 p.m. on Sunday. And there's breath work, meditation, yes. reflections, yes. teachings. Well, it's perhaps. quite the love and power is quite intense. There's mm-hmm. a lot of breath work in it. Mm-hmm. Whereas the creating loving relationships is less intense and it's a lot of just uh, paired work interacting. So I have a question actually just on breath work I experienced myself. If I do a deep breathing practice, sometimes it just gets really uncomfortable. That's in the actual breathing and then I'm like, oh, it's, it's quite hard. Is, is there any way around there? Is that just part of it? Is that it's a stage. It's a stage. You haven't opened up the um, chest then up here. Ah, because I do a lot of yoga and we've got a lot of breathing. and that's, Very different. That helps. But, it, yes, it's different. If I actually sit down and do a breathing technique, really focused, you know, I get through it. But And then I must admit I, I, I come out feeling, I do feel this sense of, like, liberate. This energy has definitely risen and shifted. But going through it's quite hard. Yeah, yeah. No, it's quite normal. It happens mm-hmm. for a lot of people. It would usually take it anything up to five to ten sessions mm-hmm. to fully let go, but it really just says there's a lot of unresolved mm-hmm. uh, issues in that part of the body. When you finally release it, you'll find that it, there won't be a sense of Resist- congestion resistance, resistance in that area. Yeah. You may find it shifts to another area. Okay. And then eventually get to a point where there is no resistance, okay. but it's a stage yes. and it's a stage of letting go. 
Mm. And it is like the layers of the onion. The more you deal with it, the deeper you go. (laughs) (laughs) And so you'll be running these workshops frequently now. And I'm going now that I've moved to Coolum. I'm going to where the first one will be in April. Then I'll do another one. That's the love and power. Then I'll do another one in um, July, and that's the creating loving relationships. And then I I have another workshop called Chakra Coolum, which goes for nine days, and that will occur in September. So this year is a little bit spasmodic Mm. because I've only just moved and we're still establishing Mm. ourselves. But next year it'll be more yeah. regular. So the plan is to keep these going. Going, yeah, over I'll go the years. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been running these workshops now for twenty years. Yeah. Okay. Of course, it's just that you're new to the Sunshine Coast. Yeah. So it's now just putting mm-hmm. them into mm-hmm. a new context. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The loving relationships has been going since I don't know, 1999. And love and pa- no, love and power has been going since 1999, and, mm-hmm. and loving relationships have probably been going since um, 1990. And you've seen some amazing transformations. Oh, spectacular. <laughs> and the greatest transformation has been in myself. Of course. <laughs> there is no other. <laughs> That's it. It's all about me. <laughs> in the sense, it's, it's all about me. To, I've got to fix myself. Yes. yes you know. And to see through the clarity and yeah, heart-centred yeah. vision. Well, thank you so much. My pleasure. For sharing some of the conversation. went into some beautiful places. Thank you, Jen. More than I can imagine. So thank you so much. And your website is? My website is michaeladamides.com. Michael Adamides. I'll pop that on the link below this yes. podcast. So and Adamides is spelled A-D-A-M-E-D-E-S. So michaeladamides.com. All one word, Michael Adamides. And all the information will be there. And what about the Inner Peace Mastery? Is that well, Inner Peace Mastery is... Um, Another weekend, I actually think this is going to be my new focus because the majority of my work today has all been about the detoxing and healing and the transcending of ego, whereas the inner peace mastery now is more teaching people to be in present time, focus, and to enter a transcendent aspect of themselves. So it's more the next step after detoxing. Okay. Okay, that sounds that sounds absolutely beautiful. I'll be and and more pleasurable. All right. <laughs> oh, thank you so much again, Michael. And I will pop all the links down below this podcast so we can learn some more and people can reach you. And um, I just can't thank you enough. I feel like this conversation was a rebirth in itself from where it started and to where we're closing off. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for spending your precious time listening to this podcast episode. You can find helpful links related to the topics we have discussed, download some freebies, join our Lionheart community and view some of our online training course offerings over at the website www.lionheartworkshops.com. Please also share this with friends, hit subscribe and leave us a review so that these ideas can spread. Those gold stars help others to find us and we can all grow together. The Lionheart Podcast and Lionheart Online Workshops is an online platform and community designed to enhance your health, natural and spiritual well-being. Until next time, 
please think about how you will embody your lion heart and have the courage, dynamism and strength to grow and to reach your highest potential and that is to be the amazing human being that you truly are.